feeling? Good. Just to encourage you, I had my little invites this week, so I gave one to my dog groomer because she grooms my dog nicely, so I'm like, you're good, you can come. And, uh, and then we go walking every day, and I've got two cards sat on my bench, and I don't know the people's names, but Lily's dad, who is a very nice cock spaniel that we see around our estate, he's going to get an invite, and Grace, who's like a tiny little Pomeranian, her mum is also going to get an invite. So I know the names of the dogs on the estate, but not the people, so and they don't know my name either. They just know I'm Ronnie's mum, but there you go. Awesome. Well, this morning... I want to talk to you about a God who knows the end from the beginning. A God who knows the end from the beginning. And then I I really felt this morning that this is like a bit of a comfort word. As I've been preparing it and praying and thinking about who would be in the room and what God wants to do this morning, I sense that God wants to bring comfort. And that's a bit of a strange thing maybe to think about at the end of the year, but I really believe that's what... God wants to do this morning in this place. I don't know about you, but as you go into Kmart and around the shops and you see all the Christmas things and you have to start booking in your Christmas stuff parties and all that kind of stuff. And it does feel a little bit like, you know, we had the start of the year and we blinked and then we're at Christmas. Does anybody else feel like that? It's just me. It's like, oh my goodness, how on earth are we like here again? And when it turns to this time of year, I tend to get a bit reflective because I grew up with a mum who was a reflector, and so every Christmas she'd be like, oh, what was it like last year? What do you think it will be like next year? And so that's just my default now. That's what I do around Christmas time. And so as I think about what Christmas was like last year, very different, obviously, with COVID restrictions and things all going crazy then, and, and what it's like this year, it's very different. And maybe it's the same for you. Maybe this year as we think about the Christmas period that we're entering into, maybe life is very different for you. Or maybe it's not. Maybe the circumstances are still very much the same. And you thought they would have changed, but they haven't. Maybe there's people that have come into your world that you never expected this time last year. And now you can't really imagine your life without them. Or maybe some people have left your world through lots of different circumstances that you may have found yourself in. And as we kind of come to the end of 2021 and our thoughts, and I was buying diaries this week for 2022 and I was like, oh my goodness, that's insane. I remember when it was the year 2000 and the world was really worried about the millennium bug and we thought everything was going to crash and all the money was going to disappear and buying a calendar that says 22 at the end, that just doesn't feel right. But as we come around this time of year, there can be a whole mix of emotions you can have joy and sadness and excitement and frustration and anxiety and anticipation all kind of rolled into one as you think back over what this year has meant to you and as you think ahead to what the possibilities of next year are. And I was reflecting on the fact that how I think a year is going to go and how the year actually goes never is the same thing. Like I was trying to remember if there was ever a year where I I thought I knew what was going to happen properly and then we got to the end of the year and that had actually happened and I realized I'm very, very bad at knowing what is going to happen in the year. But this morning, what I believe God wants to do is do this. I believe he wants to comfort you with the truth that nothing in this year has surprised him. Nothing. And nothing in 2022 that's coming is unseen by him. And you can trust him and you can trust the words that he's spoken to you. And you don't have to roll the emotions of this year, good or bad, into next year. And that perhaps your perspective can widen to the 
the eternal nature of God. And we don't often talk about that, but that's what a little bit I believe what God wants to remind us of this morning, that he is the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. He's not like us. I had this thought that was this, if you know what's coming, then you experience the journey there differently. If you knew now, like if we could rewind all of your knowledge from how life is now and put it back in January, that would make you experience your year differently, wouldn't it? Because you'd know what was coming and you'd, you'd, you wouldn't be surprised by things. Things wouldn't take you off guard. You'd be like, oh, I know this is coming or you can look forward to something or you can see something come in the distance think, okay, well, I know that's gonna be a bit of a difficult problem so I'm gonna get prepared for it and be ready for it. And it made me think about um, this kind of anticipation that you can maybe have about this video that I saw recently that kind of perfectly illustrates this, that if you know what's coming, you experience the journey differently. And I saw this video that we're going to watch together in just a moment of these two young lads in America. And the whole thing on YouTube is that they watch uh, videos or they listen to songs that are really famous songs, but they've never heard them before. And I don't know how they've never heard them before, but they never have. And so I, I saw this video and it was like one of my childhood songs that was on repeat. And I was like, how have you never heard this? And it was so interesting to watch it through somebody's eyes who's never heard it before, because we all know what's coming. And so we're going to watch this video. The song is In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, just one of the best songs ever. I love it. My dad's going to be so proud of me that I've managed to shoehorn this into a preach somewhere. So dad, this is for you. And uh, we're going to watch it now. Anybody that's maybe, I don't know, over 18, you probably know what's coming in this song. If you're under 18, just strap yourselves in for the best ride of your life. It's going to be, it's just a great song. You're going to really enjoy it. But we're going to watch, and I want you to have this phrase in your head. If you know what's coming, then you experience the journey differently. Let's watch them as they listen to this for the very first time. Man, let's get into it. What is this about? What is this about? Let's see. Sound like a uh, shoot, a rain entrance or something. Okay, hold up. They finna go crazy. It look like he's staring at my soul. For real. I'm scared. I can't look at him, man. Nah, it's Mm. Mm. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Yeah. 
This like a WWE entrance, but I can see somebody walking down yeah, to the ring to this, bro. Like, come on now. That's like, understandable. Man. Man. The Phil Collins, man, me, he like, killing it, bro. Guy, for real. Ain't never seen nobody drop a beat, beat three like minutes in a song. How good is that? It's awesome. So a few things happened there. Anybody that's heard that song before knew that that was coming. So you were waiting for it. You were waiting for the anticipation. Secondly, you're like, gosh, this song is really long. Like it's it's always longer than you think. If you're in the car, ever ready to kind of break out your drum solo at the lights. I never get it right. I'm always like, oh, too early, too early, too early. It's a little bit longer. And when you, when you know what's coming, you experience that differently. They had this, they'll never be able to listen to that song again the same way because they now know what's coming. And so they'll forever be waiting for like just the best beat drop you're ever going to hear in any song ever. They're forever going to wait for that because they now know what's coming. 
It's a little bit the same with films. You know, when there's a really good plot twist in a film, I'm rubbish at following uh, stories in films, so I like to know the ending before the beginning so that I can kind of know what's coming. So it, I don't annoy Neil too much when I have to say, Neil, can we pause and just, can you just explain to me what's happening here? So try to watch The Matrix, if you remember that. That was painful on all sorts of fronts for Neil because we were stopping every five minutes going... What is happening? I've got no idea. And I don't like being surprised. I like to know what's coming. For example, for me, I was traumatized in uh, Frozen when Hans like betrayed Elsa. I did not see that coming. I was like, Hans is a good guy. And then he shuts the door and you're like, what? Oh my goodness. But Neil could see it coming a mile off. He was fine. But for me, I was like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. But now that I know that that's coming, I experience the story differently because I know what's coming. And I want to center our time together this morning in Isaiah 46. And I've been reading around in the Old Testament and around Isaiah recently. And I came across this chapter that sits um, in in a, a section of chapters that's actually called the Book of Comfort. And it's really interesting um, pieces of scripture and it's where God is actually talking through Isaiah to his people and saying, hey guys, this thing is going to happen in your future. Everything is looking okay at the moment, but in your future, it's not going to look so good. You're going to be captured and you're going to be taken to Babylon. And in there, you're going to see lots of different gods and different experiences. But I want you to remember that in that, I am with you and I've not left you and I'm not like the gods that are going to be around you. And Isaiah 46 sits within that kind of um, narrative in the book of Isaiah. It's beautiful, beautiful sections of scripture. And we're going to read it together this morning and pull out some truths that are going to help you hopefully experience the journey of 2022 differently and maybe redeem some of the perspective of 21 as we think about how our year has kind of come into a close and a new year just about to begin around the corner. And hopefully that you come to your next year with a sense of anticipation and not anxiety. So why don't you close your eyes? We're going to pray together this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you that it's living and active and your word says sharper than a two-edged sword. Thank you this morning that you want to bring comfort to hearts and peace to minds. That you are the God that goes before and you're the God that is our rear guard. That you're the one that knows what is to come and so we can be released from anxiety and we can be released from worry and we can be released from wondering this morning because you're the God that knows the end from the beginning. I pray that our hearts and our minds be open to what it is that you have to say to us this morning, Holy Spirit, and that you do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to read through this chapter and then just stop and pause and have a little bit of chat about what's going on. So chapter 46, verse 1 says this in Isaiah. Bell bows down, Nebo stoops low, their idols are borne by beasts of burden, their images that are carried around are burdensome. A burden for the weary, they stoop and bow down low, unable to rescue the burden. They go themselves off into captivity. So these are two names of the most famous idols, the most famous gods in Babylon. And and the writer is saying, Isaiah is saying, these gods are so useless that they have to be carried around by human hands. They're not like our God. They they can't even carry themselves around. They have to be carried around on on a court court and horse? No, a horse and cart. They have to be carried around by people, such is the lack of power that they have. 
Then this is God speaking directly to his people now. Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of the people of Israel, you whom I have upheld since your birth, and I have carried you since you were born, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Isn't that beautiful? It's God talking to his people. And even mums who bear children, there's obviously that stage where you're carrying kids around. I saw um, Sarah this morning walking beautifully and then Selena with little one and she was carrying the baby because the baby can't walk yet. But there comes a point where kids can walk and then they, you just pick them up because they like snuggles and they like to, But at some point that stops, you know. Keith didn't come in this morning with his mum carrying him. That would have been really weird. That would have just bad on the back, but also just very strange. There comes a point where you stop carrying children. But God says, well, that might be how you do it as humans. But I don't stop carrying you. It says, I have upheld you since your birth and have carried you since you were born, even to your old age and your gray hairs. God doesn't get tired of carrying our stuff. There's no point at which he's like, all right, okay, now, now you're old enough to kind of face life on your own. I'm not gonna carry you anymore. I'm not gonna look after you anymore. You just need to get on with it and just, you know, be an empty nester. I want to have the house back to myself and off you go, please. That's not the heart of God. He says, no, I'm gonna be around until you're old and gray and I'm gonna carry you and I'm gonna look after you and I'm gonna sustain you. How beautiful is that promise from God? Verse five says this, With whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that we may be compared? Because he knows that they're going to be in a place where there's going to be lots of different foreign gods around them. Some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god and they bow down and worship it. They lift it on their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place and there it stands. And from that spot it cannot move Even though someone cries out to it, it cannot answer. It cannot save them from their troubles. Remember this and keep it in mind. So he's he's trying to put it into their heads. Listen, guys, you're going to see a lot of different things when you're led into captivity. You're going to see gods that look like they're powerful. But just remember, just because it's silver and gold, it's been made with a human hand. It doesn't have any power in it. There's nothing that's special about it. In, in a few chapters earlier, chapter 44, there's this scathing review of people who go and chop down a tree and then they um, use some of the wood to cook their food and then they use some of the wood to do different things and then they use another bit of the wood to make an idol. And God's like, what are you doing? Can you not see it's the same wood? There's nothing special about the thing that you've made with your hands. And he's trying to get his people to understand, I'm the creator I'm not like created things. I'm not like the things that you've made by yourself. I'm not the self-sufficient coping strategies that you have in your own strength. I'm not like that. I'm the creator God. We're not the same. And so he's trying to get that into their heads before they go and see all of these different things around them. Verse eight says this, remember this and keep it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. God, just being really straight with them. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. 
I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. And I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey from a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. That's a reference to Cyrus, who God is going to use, not a godly man, but God uses him to deliver his people later on. And then he says again, what I have said that I will bring about, what I have planned that I will do. Listen to me, you stubborn hearted who are now far from my righteousness. I'm bringing my righteousness near. It is not far away and my salvation will not be delayed. I will grant salvation to Zion, my splendor to Israel. We're going to hone in on verses 8 to 10. I'm going to read it again to you. It says this, remember this, keep it in mind, take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. And I say, my purpose will stand and I'm going to do all that I please. How do you experience the journey of finishing 2021 and coming into 2022 differently? How do you know what's coming? Well, the keys are in this verse here. Number one, it says this, remember the former things. Remember the former things. We're so forgetful, aren't we? Like, just generally forgetful. I often walk into a room and I'm like, you know, when you walk in like with real purpose and then you stand there and you're like, I have no idea why I'm in this room. I obviously came with purpose, but the purpose has evaded me. And now I, and so you stand there kind of awkwardly for like 30 seconds with your brain, you know, randomly trying to call up, why was I here? And then as soon as you turn around, then you're like, oh, yes, that's what it was. And then we're just forgetful, forgetful by nature. Unless you're very blessed like Shane Willard and you have an eidetic memory and you can read something and then never forget what you've read. That would be amazing. But other than that, we're forgetful. Our brains are designed to actually forget some things. And so as we sleep and as we go about our lives, then our brains are like, as we sort through the day and our brain sorts through all the information that we processed, all the TikTok videos that you saw, all the billboards that you drove past, all the bills that came in, all the text messages, all the different things. And your brain then sifts through them and says, okay, well, some of these things we need to keep most of this we don't, and it kind of dumps it out of your brain. But then with memories and experiences and things that are kind of very powerful to us, we tend to rehearse those. I was just talking about Alice this morning, and she was telling me about a memory that she got stung on the cheek by a bee, which is traumatic. So it's a, it's a long-term memory for her, because that was a very traumatic thing that happened to her. And, and she can remember that because that's been rehearsed in her brain. It was a powerful experience. And then she probably thought about it a little bit while after. And she's able to tell me something that happened years and years and years ago because she's remembered it and she's called it back to her memory. Our memories, our experiences, and our stories and our thoughts that we call to mind physically get stronger neural pathways in our brain. We know that now. So the more that you think about something, the more that you recall a memory, you tell a funny story of something that happened in your life or in your family at Christmas, you think about an emotion that you had that was tied to something, the more that you think about that, 
the physical connections in your brain get stronger and it's easier to remember. That's also true for negative things as well. The more that you think about negative things and negative experiences, the same process happens. Your neural pathways get stronger. And a great example of this, when I used to work in a nursing home, um, casually when I was uh, studying university, I'd go back in my study breaks and work for a bit of money. And um, we had a lovely old lady that lived on the, one of the top floors. Her name was Elsie, and she was really tiny. And uh, she had very advanced dementia. So uh, she didn't know who her family was. It was devastating for her family. She wouldn't obviously remember who I was because it was just a care worker that came every now and again. And she used to get quite violent sometimes because she'd get scared. She would wake up in the night and be out in the corridor and not know where she was. And if you came to her and you said, Elsie, it's time to go back to bed, she'd get really cross and she'd be like, I'm not going back to bed. And she was a tiny, like diminutive little lady. But let me tell you, she had a bit of force and power to her. I was like, oh, okay. So the first time I was like, oh, I don't really know what to do. And there's a, another time I went out into the corridor and I could see her doing like this. She was just like, and I was like, wow, that's really amazing. So I said, Elsie, are you dancing? She was like, yes, because she used to be a dancer years and years and decades ago when she was younger. And there were all these beautiful pictures in her, um, in the room where she lived with all her pictures of when she was this gorgeous dancer. And so I'd be like, Elsie, shall we waltz? She was like, oh, Yes. So then I'd have to kind of, I had to be the boy because I was a taller one, so to kind of get into position and she'd like, she'd like get in hold and I'd be like, are you ready, Elsie? He'd be like, yes, yes, yes. Like, okay, here we go. And then off we'd like, we'd waltz down the corridor, me not waltzing very well, her waltzing beautifully because it was like muscle memory. And then we'd like waltz her in and then she'd go to bed and we took her in and, and she'd be like, oh, thank you. And she, it would happen without all that kind of anxiety and that stress that she'd have because she didn't know where she was. What's happening there? It's muscle memory. It's, it's neural pathways that the rest of her brain was ravaged. She didn't know so much of what was going on in the world. But there was this memory. And it was the same for music. When music used to come on different songs, she'd just get up and out of a chair and she'd be doing a routine that she'd learnt when she was a girl. What's happening there is the memories, the rehearsing, the things that were still there in her mind. And so what are you remembering? What are you rehearsing? What are you reliving? What is on your mind when you fall asleep? What do you think about? Are you thinking about the goodness of God? Are you thinking about the times that he came through for you? Are you thinking about all the answered prayers that you've experienced in your life, the times when God has answered you and it's been as you wanted it to be? Have you thinking about the touches of heaven you've experienced, those moments when you know that you know that you know that it was God and that it changed your world? Or are you rehearsing the mistakes that you've made, the painful words that have been said over you? That conversation that you had this week that just is playing on your mind, are you going over it and reminding yourself and rehearsing it in your mind? Are you rehearsing bad experiences that you've had? Are you living, reliving those moments? Philippians 4 verse 8 says it this way, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, 
think about these things. There's so much we can think about. There's so much information that comes at us every single day. There's so much experience that we've had. But the choice is ours. What will we remember? Which former things are you going to remember? Isaiah 46 says, remember the former things of God. Remember those things. Second thing is this. Elevate God. God says, with absolute humility and truth. This would be really arrogant if any of us said it, but God says this, and it's just true. I am God, there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. Now, he's not just tooting his own horn there. He's just saying how it is. It's just a statement of fact. He's not like anybody else. The God that we serve is not comparable to anything else or anyone else or any other system of religion. He's not the same at all. There's nobody like him. He is the creator. He's not created. And sometimes what happens is we downgrade our view and our image of God and Jesus. And and it's really easy to do because of what culture says Christianity should be and what culture says being a Christian is the acceptable parts. And they downgrade it and they squish God into this box that is like, well, we were okay with this God. But God is not like that. He is outside of that. And if the God that we serve is wholly acceptable to culture, then in some way, you've made a God in your own image. It's not him because he is not like us. The Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He's higher and holy and other. Now, the, amazing, the amazingness with that is, is that because of Jesus and his sacrifice, we've been brought close. So with this other amazing, holy, set-apart God who is creator of everything that has ever been or ever will be, we somehow get to walk into the throne room and say, hey, Dad, I've had a really, really tough day. But sometimes that can make us a little over-familiar. He's not like anybody else. We need to elevate him. That helps us see things differently when we have an elevated perspective of God that he's not on our level. He's able to do things that we cannot do. He sees like we cannot see. He knows like we cannot know. He is not like us. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's a really good thing. Elevate your perspective of God. The third thing is this. You can experience the end of this year, the start of next year differently by knowing what's coming and believing in a God that knows the end from the beginning. Verse 10 is really clear. God says of himself, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. That's a bit of a theme in Isaiah. Often God in Isaiah will call himself the first and the last. Nothing is a surprise to him. And when you kind of grasp this kind of concept of God as the, the, the beginning and the end, like before the beginning and the end, that he knows everything. And you see that all the way through scripture. When you see when he comes to Abraham, he tells Abraham the end right at the start calls Abraham out of his homeland and says, I'm going to make you a great nation. Your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the floor. And, and that's the end. Like we're, we're in that now. But he tells Abraham that right at the start, 
when we get to Joshua and God is saying to him, I'm going to be with you. Like he's telling him some of the end of the story of Joshua's life, right at the kind of a critical point when Joshua's beginning his ministry. When we look at Gideon, you know, Gideon's kind of doing his thing in a, in a threshing, like it's somewhere where he shouldn't be. And God comes to him, and he is not a strong and mighty warrior. And God says through an angel, hello, strong and mighty warrior. What's he doing? He's giving him the end right at the beginning. Well, that's confusing. He comes to Mary and says, Mary, I'm going to bless you with a son, and his name's going to be Jesus, and he's going to save his people from his sins. What's he doing? He's giving Mary the end right at the beginning. It's something God delights to do. He likes to give us little glimpses, not the whole picture. That would be really nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> and terrifying all in one go. But he likes to come and give us little glimpses of what he's going to accomplish on the earth. And I think sometimes we struggle with what's happening in our life and how is God involved in this and what is he doing because we serve an eternal God who is outside of time and we are like temporal humans inside of time. And we have such a zoomed in view of our own life and our own circumstances and our own problems. And sometimes that can feel a bit jarring when we, when we come to a God that is not like us, who is telling us stuff that we're like, I don't even see how that can happen. And even in Hebrews, even with all these people who have all this amazing stuff that God comes and says to him, in Hebrews, the writer tells us actually most of those people never even saw the fullness of what it was. They died still awaiting the promise. They died living in faith. But our God knows the end from the beginning. And he says, my purpose will stand and I'm going to do all that I want to do. He's going to do it. We don't have to worry about that. He really does know, and he is working things out most often in ways that we actually don't understand. Because if we understood it, well, then that would help us be God, and we're not God. So often how God does things in our life, we don't get it. We don't understand it. Certainly not the timing, as me and Will were talking about this morning. We just don't understand what God is doing, and that's okay. I want to encourage you this morning as we come to a close that the circumstances that are in your life that maybe you've journeyed through and still journeying with in 2021, your circumstances had a beginning point and they will have an end point. There will be an end to the circumstance that you're going in. Sometimes it feels like it's going on for forever and I know more than most how that feels like. But there was a beginning of your circumstance and there will be an end. That prayer request that you have that's been on that list maybe for years, that prayer request had a start point. It will have an end point. The prayer will be answered by God in some way, somehow. There will be an end to it. That problem that you're working through that just is on your mind all the time and you're like, how is this going to resolve itself? Your problem had an entry point into your life. It will have an exit point. It will leave at some point. It will be resolved in some way. It will not go on forever and ever, no matter what it is. But we serve a God who is before the problem, before the prayer request, before the circumstance, and he's after the circumstance. He's after the problem. He's after the prayer request. He is before and after. He is the beginning and the end. And just in case we think that this is, oh, this is just Old Testament God, 
you know, I don't know if Jesus is like this. Jesus comes and says something very helpful to us. And he says very clearly in Revelation, Jesus talking about himself. He says, I am the same God. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and the last. That's an exclusive title used of God. I am the beginning and the end. Same, same, same. So God is before and he is after. Whatever it is that you're journeying through right now or is coming in 2022, I don't know, but God knows. And he's gonna be before it and he is going to be after it. The eternal God has no beginning and no end. He knows the ending of the song before it starts. He knows we've got to wait a whole three minutes before the beat drop comes. He knows that Hans is going to betray Elsa and it's going to be terrible. He knows all of that stuff. He knows what's coming. And so nothing is of surprise to him. And it's this God that Isaiah 46 tells us, made us, carries us, sustains us, rescues us when we need it. There may have been some twists and turns this year that took you by surprise. That you're like, I did not see that coming. This came from left field and it blindsided me and I did not see this circumstance coming. But let me tell you, God knew. God knew. He was before that circumstance and he'll be after it as well. God is not worried about the circumstances of our life. Jesus was not shocked when that shocking thing happened to you. The Holy Spirit was not like, wow, guys, that was totally left field. I am fresh out of ideas. Let's call a confluence of heaven because got me stumped there. I just didn't know that was coming. No, no, they were before the problem. They will be after the problem. They were before the prayer request. They'll be after the prayer request. They are before and after. And I wonder, as the band joins me this morning, that this God that we serve, that Isaiah 46 tells us, he is going to make his purpose stand in your life. He is going to work his will out in your life. No matter what is happening, he's going to make it work for your good. He's going to carry you. He's going to sustain you. He's going to rescue you. He's going to remake things in your life if he needs to. I wonder... How could our year change if we lived with that perspective? If we came to our year with that sort of perspective, if we could live knowing that I may not know where the beat drop is coming in 2022. I may not know where it's coming. I may not know where the plot twist is. I may not know that a villain is going to enter stage left. I may not know that there's going to be a big crisis and that I may not know how to deal with it. But I serve a God who does. And he's the beginning from the end. And he's working it, the Bible says, for my good. Could that settle an anxious mind? Could it stop me striving to have everything all together in my own strength? And could I just rely on him a little bit more because he actually knows what's going on? Could I hold some things lighter in my hand because I don't have to strive for it? but actually God's gonna carry, sustain, and rescue me throughout the year. If you know what's coming, then you experience the journey there differently. I want you to close your eyes this morning, and I'm just gonna speak some scripture over you as we finish. And there's so much that I could have done. We could have just said this for 40 minutes. 
but the Bible tells us so much of what is to come. Now, it's not specific like that, you know, the house is going to come through or, you know, the new job's going to come around the corner or, you know, there's going to be a new baby on the way or, you know, that problem that you have, it's going to get resolved. But it's eternal perspective. It's things of eternal value. The Bible tells us a lot about what that is going to look like. And I want you to just absorb in your mind and in your spirit what's coming for you as a believer in Christ. Because if you know what's coming, then you experience the journey there differently. Psalm 23 verse 6 tells us that God's goodness and unfailing love is going to pursue you all the days of your life. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 says that He's going to make everything beautiful in your life in its time. Philippians 3.20 says that your citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like His glorious body. Revelation 21 verse 4 tells us that He will wipe every tear from your eye and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain for these things will be gone forever. Philippians 1 verse 6 tells us that God will carry on the good work that He began in you until it is completed. Father, we thank You for what is to come. We thank You, God, that You're before and You're after, that You go ahead of us and You're our rear guard, that You surround us, that the God of angel armies is on our side, that it says in your word that you rejoice over us with singing, that when we go to sleep at night, it says that you sing over us, that you're the tower of refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble, that God, there's no circumstance that we're sat in right now or is coming next year that you don't already know about, that you haven't already turned it for our good, that you're not gonna sustain us through, that you're not gonna carry us through, and that you're not gonna rescue us from. We can be released this morning from worry in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for every person in the room right now that we rest in that truth, that you're the beginning and the end. You're the first and the last. You're the alpha and you're the Omega. Everything starts with you and it finishes with you and you are through it all with us. 